Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 4 of my video book club. For all of those of you who are listening via podcast on the Suits and Sandals show, welcome. Thanks for tuning in, thanks for listening. I am your host, Jonathan Scheringer. A little bit about me, I'm a success and mindset coach. Um, And I am doing here is, I am reading a book. I'm reading a self-help, self-development, self-improvement book. Um, This book is called Crushing by T.D. Jakes. And what I'm doing is reading chapter by chapter, going through each chapter, telling everybody the ins and outs of it, asking a couple questions, answering those questions, and just giving you guys an all-around feeling for the book. I love reading self-help books. And this is just my way to hopefully bring some value out to you guys and maybe learn a thing or two. So that's what we're doing here. This is episode four, which means it is chapter four as well. So before we get really into it, every episode I am drinking a new drink. Um, I don't know about you, but I like to drink when I'm reading. Not get drunk, but have a nice little, little, little something, something, you know. So today, I am having an Angry Orchard Hard Cider. It is called Easy Apple, and apparently it's less sweet. Um, so this is not one that I would normally buy. This is my wife's, for good reason. It's okay. It's good. Um, I'm not a hard cider drinker, but I thought I'd give it a taste, give it a try. It's a one and done for me. It's all right. It'll do, pig. It'll do. So, all right, getting straight into the book. Again, this is the book called Crushing by T.D. Jakes. We are on the fourth chapter. And just a little recap of the first three chapters. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, chapter one, kind of the central idea was when you are down, that's when you have the most growth. So if you want to learn more about that, please go see my first video. Chapter two, uh, there's two different, uh, uh, ideas that I got out of there. Uh, central ideas. One is quality takes time. And the second is you must first be planted before you can reap the rewards. So if you want to know more about what I'm talking about there, check out the second video, the third chapter, third episode, we need a guide to help us grow through our dark, dirty places. Now, no, that's not a risque chapter. Uh, it's talking about being planted like a seed. So we need help. We need a guide to help us to grow through these dark, dirty places. If that intrigues you, go check out my third video that talks all about that. That is the recap. That's a down and dirty. We are now into chapter four, which is called Pruning is Not Punishment. Uh, And just again, for those of you who have not tuned into this before and don't know what's going on here, I'm breaking the chapter down by sections. Each section, I'll talk about some different bullet points, what's happening there. I'll ask myself a couple questions, answer those questions, move on to the next section. Once I'm done with the whole chapter, there's about five, six different questions overall questions that I ask myself, what's the central idea? Are there any issues that affect life, short-term or long-term consequences? Any solutions that are proposed by the author? Any specific passages? And what did I learn after reading this chapter? 
So let's get started again. Chapter four, pruning is not a punishment. So I say he is getting ready to speak. He, as in T.D. Jakes, is getting ready to speak in front of almost a million people in Nigeria where he had butterflies and felt nervous, more nervous than usual. Uh, it's then seconds before he goes on stage, his phone rings and it's his wife calling just seconds again before he goes on stage. Uh, it's from what he comments in the book. This is not something that she does. She knows she knows that he's speaking, but she calls him. He answers. She then tells him that their son Jamar had a heart attack. So that's significant in a bunch of different reasons. So the first three chapters, he talked about two different huge milestones in his uh, life. One was his 13-year-old daughter who came to him and his wife and told her that he was pregnant. The other one was months before that happening. His mom, who was the bedrock of his life, his, uh, his go-to, she passed away from Alzheimer's. So there, those were two huge obstacles to get over and get through and get past. Now he's getting hit with another punch to the gut uh, with his son having a heart attack. Um, as he's trying to collect his thoughts and process this info while his wife tells him the details, his son is suffering another heart attack in the hospital and is rushed into surgery to put a stint in his collapsed artery. Once off the phone, his mind shifted to the only thing that mattered, his son. He left the audience, rushed to the hospital, and thankfully thankfully was able to take off. Uh, the plane was able to leave. Only then was he able to take a breath and collect himself enough to say the first of many prayers. And while he's saying these prayers, while he's on the airplane, one thought that keeps uh, going through his mind is he's wondering why this happened. So that is the first section uh, right there, kind of the highlights of that section. Uh, the first question that I ask myself is, if you were in the situation that T.D. Jakes was in, would you leave that speaking engagement or would you have stayed to finish it out? Now, obviously, I'm sure he had a contractual obligation to be there. Um, but for me, that aside, if I was in his shoes and that happened, there would be no hesitation. I'm sure I would be stunned um, from the news period, but there, there's no thinking about this. There's no, oh, I'm sorry, I got to go speak for an hour to these million peoples about success or God or whatever he was speaking about. No, I'm like, this is my family. I'm going where my family is. doesn't matter what's going on. So, yeah, there, there would be no hesitation in my mind. I would not stay and finish this out. I'd obviously apologize for what's going on, hoping that everybody would have some sympathy. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I would rush to go see my family. Uh, the second question is, what emotions would be running through your head? I mean, really, it would just uh, shock, fear, um, maybe a little bit of anger, sadness. Um, obviously, there wouldn't be any joy. <laughs> There's no joy in hearing your family had a heart attack. Um, scared, scared and fearful. I. So when I was younger, maybe 10 years younger, I was still, I was living at home. I was back from the Marines, um, living at home with my parents till I found a place. And in the mornings, I would wake up very early because I was used to that and go work out. 
Uh, and one of these mornings, I woke up just a little bit later than I used to. Um, and I, I was really taking my time getting ready. Don't know why, just I was very lethargic. Uh, and then I get a call from my dad. My dad was working at the time. And he calls me and tells me that I need to go check on my mom. Uh, something's not right. Um, so something wasn't right. I started, you know, got her into my truck, was driving to the hospital, and she suddenly has a stroke in my truck blocks away from the hospital. So I am freaking out while this is happening. I And I'm driving a shitty Dodge Dakota, like a 97 Dodge Dakota. So there's no giddy up. There's no pickup. You put your foot on that gas pedal down to the floor and it goes. That's about it. That was what. So there was no getting there fast. Um, I had the windows rolled down. I think it was either fall. I think it was probably like a fall. So it was freezing out. I'm freezing and she's over there sweating. Just freaking out you know i'm freaking out i'm stressed i i'm fearful of what's happening because i've never been in that situation before so i i kind of understand the emotion side of it um but i would think it'd be completely different if you're like continents and almost worlds apart moving on moving on to the next section that is uh titled why we suffer when we suffer, we seek answers, possibly to give some meaning to what's happening. And he's got a passage here, Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Rarely do we get the insight that we crave. And in the time of suffering, that's the wrong time to look for answers. Usually then we're asking the wrong questions anyways. Almost 12 hours after his wife called him, he was able to see his son, uh, but wasn't looking upon the six-foot son as a man. He was looking and seeing his son as his baby boy. He compares and inquires as if Mary looked upon her son Jesus that way when he was on the cross. Did she see the Savior of the world or did she see her baby boy? He talks about how he comes to be uh, that the righteous suffer, that through history it shows the wicked seem to prosper and the faithful suffer. See, there's a difference between being punished and being pruned. And he goes into um, saying that when Jesus was being crucified, there's three men being crucified that day. Two were being punished. One was being pruned. That's the end of that little section. That, that last one there really kind of got me uh, when I read it. I had to read it a couple of different times. Three men being crucified on that day. Two were being punished. One was being pruned. And I believe the two were thieves or something like that. So it, it, it's crazy to look at that because I, I never looked at that that way. Um, God or God was pruning Jesus because Jesus was put on earth for a greater purpose to take away our sins. Whereas the other two did some bad shit and now they're dying for it because they're just dumb. Two questions that I asked myself for this section. How would, yeah, how would you view your child in this situation? So if, and I have a three-year-old daughter, so if she was older, she had a heart attack, I would probably do the same exact thing. I would be rushing into the hospital. I'd be looking at her not as her adult womanly self 
who has probably accomplished so many amazing things in her life, I would be looking at her like my little baby girl. And I'm kind of getting emotional just kind of thinking about that. Hopefully that never happens. The second question is, do you agree that the righteous suffer when it looks like the wicked prosper? When you look in history, it does kind of seem that way. You know, it's almost like the iceberg analogy. Um, just with 90% of the icebergs underwater, you only see the 10%. You only see the people who are suffering. You pay attention to that because you know this person's a good person, but then you see him suffering and like, oh, that's terrible. But if you, if you actually do see a bad person suffering, you could really give two shits because they're a bad person. I don't care if they're suffering. They should be suffering. They did something bad. So I don't think, I, I wouldn't agree that the righteous suffer and the wicked prosper. I think we all suffer. We, we just see things differently. We, we see the righteous suffering more because we feel like that shouldn't be happening. But... You know, God doesn't pick and choose. Um, and I wouldn't say it's suffering. God doesn't pick and choose who suffers. God doesn't pick and choose who goes through obstacles and problems in their lives. We all do. At every stage in our life, at every season of our life. The next section is titled, Buried or Planted. God doesn't cut us to kill us, but to heal us. So I'm kind of... Uh, getting into what I was just talking about in the last section. The difference of experiencing the blade of a dagger in a back alley attack and the blade of a scalpel in the operating room each gives a very different outcome. The difference in intent can change the direction of your focus. We can either perceive that we're being planted into our greatness or we can look at it as being buried alive. So I, I really like that analogy of... Um, the difference between the blade, the, the dagger in the back alley attack and the blade of a scalpel in the operating room, you're doing the same thing. You're, you're cutting into the skin, you're damaging tissues, you're doing stuff, but one is meant for malice, the other one is meant for healing. And a skilled surgeon is able to heal the body with the same instrument that a bad person is trying to harm you with. So it's very intriguing. I really like that analogy. Um, the difference in shifting our perspective, perspectives is that we must allow ourselves to find faith without sacrificing the truth. We must find the freedom to express our pain. Oh, and I got that updates. <laughs> we must find freedom to experience our pain and discomfort without feeling paralyzed by our wounds. Now in Job 13, 13 to 16, it says, Keep silent and let me speak. Then let come to me what may. Why do I put myself in jeopardy and take my life in my hands? Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. I am surely defend my ways to his face. Indeed, this will turn out for my deliverance, for no godless person would dare come before him. Now, that might be confusing, but so Job is talking about, and, and if you read the scripture, he has lost everything, everything, his wealth, his home, family, friends, his health, everything. He is just a mess, has nothing to his name. 
but losing everything, he still did not refuse to put his faith in anything but God. He knew that God had his best interests. And I, I can't say that if I was put in that same situation, I would act the same way. Um, that, that, that's, some, that's some stellar faith. So God prunes. He allows us to endure even though it causes us pain. It's never intended for punishment. Why would God send his only son to die on the cross for our sins if he planned to continue to punish us? Right? That doesn't make sense. Why would he send somebody to take away our sins if he's just going to continue to flog us, to hit us, to beat us, to cause us pain in our lives? He's doing it for a reason. And that reason is to help us fulfill our potential. So we've got two passages to end this little section here. One is Proverbs 3, 12, 11 to 12. Excuse me. Do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Matthew 7, 9 to 11, Jesus said, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or, if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you, the though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to you, to those who ask him? Kind of started through that one a little bit. So I, I really kind of like those two different uh, scriptures there is, again, puts in a different perspective, gives me something different to think about. You know, you, you, you think about God punishing you, uh, taking away whatever it is, whether it's your career, your love life, your relationship, uh, death in the family, doesn't matter what the punishment is or what you think a punishment is, doesn't matter what pain you're going through. God's not doing it to give you pain. He's doing it to teach you the lesson, to help you grow. And for all the parents out there, you might be able to relate to this because you, we, do the same thing to our kids. Our kids aren't going to grow if we coddle them and do everything for them, right? They need to stumble and fall. They need to go through pain. They need to get some skin knees, right, for them to learn. They need to fall off the couch a couple times for them to understand oh, maybe I shouldn't be jumping on the couch. So that when I read that, that really kind of put it in a good perspective for me. Is I, I do that with my daughter now. Is I know there's things that I can do for her. I know there's things that she can do, but she's being lazy. Okay, there's a lot of times where she's being lazy and she just wants me to do it for her because it's simple and easy. So now I have to sit there and kind of be a dick so that she does it. And I have to push her to actually do it. Or I could be nice. I could just give her what she wants, but she'll never learn anything. She'll never gain the tools she needs to have a prosperous life. So that is the end of that section. The two questions that I asked myself was, has there been a time in your life where you felt like you were being buried, but turned out you were being planted? Huh. Now, even though I've at, I, I'm the one asking myself these questions, I don't ask them already knowing the answer. I just put them out there. And I actually wait a couple days before I record this so then I have a fresh mind when I read them again. So 
let me say that one again. Has there been a time in your life where you felt like you were being buried, but turned out you were being planted? I'm sure there's a lot of things in my life um, where it's like that. The one that really came to mind right away is I was part of a network marketing company called Market America. Uh, love the company, love the products. And I thought that was going to be my ticket. That was going to be where I became an entrepreneur. I was going to make all this money, be successful, not have a job again. Oh, it was going to be great. Going to be awesome, right? Going to be so sweet. Didn't work out that way. Uh, I ended up leaving my business, my network marketing business, a little under five years in. Um, I never really amounted to anything, didn't really go anywhere. Uh, I think I maybe recruited two or three people. They all dropped out, so I wasn't getting anything. Um, and I thought this was just a huge bust. I thought, maybe I'm not cut off for this. Maybe I'm not the leader I thought I was. Maybe this business wasn't as good as they say it is. Um, and that, and that's what... That's where I... Th- thought I was being buried like this apparently this isn't for me apparently I'm just supposed to have a job and that be it not knowing that me not going anywhere in that business had nothing to do with me not going anywhere in that business that wasn't that wasn't my path that wasn't my journey that wasn't my ticket to where I'm supposed to be to where I can influence more people and give value to the world and benefit the world that wasn't it that was a stepping stone to pretty much where I am now. And where I am now is I'm hitting stepping stones damn near every day. Um, it, it's it's hard being an entrepreneur. It's hard trying to build a business, especially from scratch. Um, it's maybe a little bit easier if you had a franchise or something already laid out in front of you. But when you're doing it from the ground up, from having nothing and not knowing what to do, where to turn, how to do it, it's completely harder. Uh, so yeah, next question. Has there been a time where I was planting someone when they felt like I was burying them? Hmm. I would say in the Marines, I don't really have a good, good answer for this. I'd really have to think about it, but I I guess for in the essence of time and not to have this episode drag out for five days, I would say in the Marines um, and basically because you're trying to grow kids and you, you're, you get into boot camp, for instance, and you're 18, 19, maybe 20 years old and you're going through boot camp, you're with all these strangers going through hell. You've never been through this before. You don't know what to experience or what, what is going on. And then you get out, once you're through boot camp, you get out into, you know, the Marine Corps itself. And it's not as intense, but you're still wondering what the hell you're doing. Um, you know, my first unit, when I was over in Okinawa, my first unit in the second year I was there, I was more in a leadership role and I kind of took charge of one of the platoons where I wasn't really the one to be taking charge. Um, I was kind of more of like an auxiliary type of position and role. 
but the ones who were supposed to be taking charge weren't. You know, we were all kids, in essence, um, and it was we were on our own. You know, we were kind of doing what we wanted to do in the confines of the Marines, but you know, I had I, I had to you know put some people in place. I had to do some things, not illegal or dirty or weird, but do some some things to get some people to understand and recognize that they need to grow up. And I was 20, 19, 20 at the time. So I would say, looking back on that, I was wise beyond my years, not knowing it. I feel like I regressed. <laughs> moving on, moving on. Pruned for greater growth. So the next section is called pruned for greater growth. Excuse me. So T.D. Jakes, the author, is drawn to people... He is a people person. He gravitates towards the suffering and hurting people to be able to inspire them. Probably why he's a pastor. Uh, T.D. Jakes counseled a young man named Michael who was working uh, on a promotion. Uh, Michael thought his company was grooming him for the promotion. Instead of the promotion, Michael was fired. Michael wanted T.D. Jakes to bestow some wisdom or a magical proverb or something that would make him feel better. But T.D. Jakes didn't. Michael was not understanding why God let this happen to him. He did everything right and was still rejected. How many times does that happen in your life? It's happened in my life. You think you're doing everything right. You cross all your T's, dot all your I's, check all the boxes, and you still get shit on. You're like, what the hell? I did everything I was supposed to do. Why would that happen? It happened because of it not being the right time, the right moment, the right area for you. Just like with my network marketing business. Could I have prospered in there? Yeah, I'm sure I could have. I could have done very well. But it wasn't... It wasn't where I was going to make the most impact. And that's what I'm looking to do is make the most impact, the most valuable, positive impact I can. And that wasn't the place. It was merely something to show me. It was, a, it was opening a door to show me uh, that something out there is greater. So, very quick, that was a quick section. Um, two questions. How would you have felt if you were Michael? You know, if I was grooming myself for a position, for a promotion, if I felt like the company was grooming me, you know, into that position as well, and then they just pretty much ripped the carpet out from under me, I would be pissed. I would be pissed. Um, I, the old me would be extremely pissed. I'd, pro I'd probably st still be pretty mad. Um... I think more at myself for not seeing this, um, for not understanding that this was happening. It would take me a while to kind of get through my different emotions, um, to move on from the crock brain and get into reconciling what happened and moving on. So, yeah, if I was Michael, I would just be pissed. I would be anxious, depressed. Yeah, I'd. Negative. I would be negative. 
Second question is, how would you handle having Michael come to you for guidance? So now if I was T.D. Jakes and Michael came to me for guidance, I don't know. That's one thing I'm working on. I don't know if I would be able to just sit there and not bestow some wisdom or something uh, to try to ease the pain. I very much want to take people's pain away from them. And when they ask me to help them, I'm looking for anything I can do to help them. So I'm, I'm working on, I guess, tough love as it is for other people. And so, you know, sometimes tough love is not saying anything. Tough love is not helping somebody when they want to be helped. Um, and TD Jakes did it in this instance because the pain that Michael was going through is the pain that he needed to go through in order to get where he's supposed to be going. So yeah, it sucks you're going through pain, but it's there for a reason. The next section uh, is why not you? Why not you? Everybody asks, why me? Why me? Why not you? That's the title of the section. T.D. Jakes talks about being confused in life when he realized that the hardest part of his life were, the fo were followed by extraordinary joy. So he's talking about when he was down in the dumps, when things were going shitty, and, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn. After that, then he was bestowed some extraordinary joy. Something great happened in his life. So Jakes, Jakes points out the economic collapse of 2008 hit him hard. He's having such an abundance in his endeavors within the church and everything else that he was doing. And then everything got chopped down. He had to lay off 40 people in order to keep his ministry going. Now that's got to be hard. You know, you're, you're building a ministry, you're building a following, a base of helping people and being there for people and guiding them uh, towards the light. And now you're sitting there having to lay off, you know, 40 people. I mean, one person would be bad enough, but 40 people to help keep you going. That's, that's a hard pill to swallow. So he didn't understand how God would have his ministry prosper so much and then suddenly be cut down to the bones. He then started to ask God, why me? I mean, understandably so. Why? I'm doing what you called me to do. Why would you take this all away from me? What shocked T.D. Jakes is that God responded with, why not you? Right away he understood that he incorrectly assumed that he or someone in his family or others around him had sinned and not repented. He thought he did something wrong to deserve this, forgetting that God is not punishing, he is pruning. Pruning always happens after the harvest. So the try to put that in perspective yeah T.D. Jakes was flourishing he was doing great stuff but when he got pruned when all of it was taken away when the collapse happened and he had to lay off these 40 people it wasn't that God was burying him that he didn't want this to happen he knew that he was flourishing he knew that he was doing great he wanted him to but he wanted him to do even better and that I'll explain here in a little bit John 15 2 Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So God does not prune some branches. He prunes every branch that bears fruit. So as that, I hope that helps you understand why God was taking away 
cutting down, as it were, uh, T.D. Jakes' ministry is he wasn't doing it to punish him. Jakes was already being um, blessed with abundance. His branches were bearing fruit. But within the passage, it was saying, God wants you to bear more fruit. So what he's going to do is prune it because he knows more is going to come out. More is going to come out. So the more he prunes the branches that are bearing fruit, the more fruit comes. Okay? Your behavior does not immune you from being pruned. You are being pruned because you have done something others have not. You have fulfilled your purpose. So T.D. Jakes was fulfilling his purpose. So God was pruning him to fulfill more of a purpose and do more good within the world. Yeah, it sucks at the time because you don't quite understand it. But I'm sure after that pruning, after that 2008, laying off the people, all that stuff, he just exploded after that. So that is the end of the section. The two questions that I asked myself is, when was there a time in your life when you have misunderstood God's intentions? <laughs> Every freaking day? Um, I mean, pick a time. I, and I'm going to go back. I, I think I'm going to be talking about this, you know, every, every chapter. But going back into when the, the first child that I lost with an ex of mine, um, I misunderstood God's intention. I thought that I was just getting the world ripped out from under me. Not only did I lose the baby, or not myself, but we lost the baby, but then our relationship crumbled and we split apart. I thought that that was, I wouldn't say the end of me, but it, there was no coming back from that. You know, life was just terrible. I didn't understand that God was pruning me for something better. And I see that now because I have that now. You know, that wasn't the right situation for me. So now I have the situation that is right for me, that I'm doing some great things and I have some great things in my life. Now I have a daughter who I absolutely adore, love, and I'm wrapped around her finger. And I have a beautiful, loving, great, amazing wife. I have an amazing family. This is what he was intending me to have. So he knew I could do this. I just need to learn a couple things along the way. So he was pruning me to do even more and be even better. So that was one time I misunderstood God's intention. Uh, the second question is, have you ever been mad at God for being pruned when you thought you were being buried? I would say right there. You know, I was pissed off. So mad. And the way it happened, you know... It, I'm not going to rehash it. If you want to, you know, hear the story, that's in episode one, um, the first chapter. I I was so mad. I was so angry. And then I just retreated into myself, which isn't good. It's not good. doesn't matter what's going on in your life, people. Do not retreat into yourself. Find someone to console and confide in that you that is trustworthy and you you have faith in. Okay, next section. Well, I got a couple sections left. This one's going fast. Next section is the pain of public pruning. This is another kind of smaller section, but 
Even Jesus had people who turned away from him while he was fulfilling his purpose, even after he performed over 30 miracles. And then he turned to his disciples and asked, Will you also go away? That was in John 6, 67. So he was having people turn away from him um, because he was going a route that was going against the grain. Um, if I can be as ambiguous as I can. Uh, but he performed all these miracles that people knew, okay, this guys he's the real deal. But after that, people still left him because of what he was doing. He was... He was fulfilling his purpose. He was doing what he was supposed to, but people were still leaving. All right? So we have a choice. We can either choose to stay on this path and be pruned like Jesus was, or we can choose our immediate and temporary comfort and forfeit our future. So we can either stay in this path, go through the pain, and have an even, even better reward, or we can stay where we are, be content, be complacent, have the temporary comforts that we have, and not have to worry about any pain. But we're not going to be blessed even more and even greater than what we have now. So that's the choice. So through the choices T.D. Jakes has made in his life, even though they were dreadful and some of those choices still sting, he doesn't regret accepting the pruning and walk the path of his or walk the pathway of God's power in his life. So that's the end of that section. So pretty much saying T.D. Jakes has zero regrets. The two questions that I ask myself are, have you ever had people turn away from you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. When don't I have people turn away from me, right? So they first started turning away from me when I first started my network marketing business. Um, basically because I was trying to do something that was going against what I was doing previously, what people knew about me, and what I was trying to do. So, you know, it's funny with network marketing, you're actively going out and trying to find sales, trying to find customers, whereas you have the Walmarts, the Amazons, all this other place that are passive they just put the products out there and you do the work whereas network marketing we're doing the work all you have to do all you have to do is sit there and be passive we're coming to you with these products and saying hey this is going to be great for you but people reject that it's crazy people reject that so i had a lot of people turn away from me when, when i went to my network marketing and when i started becoming more positive because that was the one cool thing about it is you need to be positive in that environment because there's so much negativity there's so many people who are rejecting you who are saying no who are probably using some choice words as well so you are around positive people and, and that was the start of it for me that was the start of more and more people leaving me and turning away from me because i was being more and more positive and for the people that i was around they were more negative so Obviously, that clashed. They couldn't handle the positivity. It was, it was like sunlight for vampires. That's how it was. Uh, so they, they turned away, and the rest is history. The next question is, do you have any regrets in your life? Short answer, no. Long answer, or mid-range answer. 
uh, I think about the the stuff that I've done in my life, the terrible things that I've done, the little white lies uh, type of things that I've done as well. And it's easy to think about regretting them. It's easy to say I wouldn't be doing that now if I was faced in that situation again. But the fact of the matter is, my whole life leading up to now, every decision that I made, every route that I took, whether it was bad or good, whether it's hurt somebody's feeling, devastated somebody's life, or brought value and brought positivity in somebody's life, that brought me here. And when I look at my life where I am now in this moment, I love where I'm at. I love what I have. I love who I'm with. I'm right where I want to be. I'm right where I need to be. So do I have any regrets? No. Do I wish I didn't cause anybody pain in the past? Of course. I don't want to cause anybody pain. But I can't be in control of other people's emotions and other people's perspectives. So, all right, next and last section of this chapter, it's called Yesterday's Fruit, Tomorrow's Wine. So, I'm not drinking wine, I'm drinking cider. It's close. It's not close. It's decent, all right? It's decent. I'll take it. T.D. Jakes remarks that he knows God loves him and is working through him as he recalls all the good he has done and is able to do in his name. Now, there's others who don't have that same relationship. We cling to what we have or have is being taken away because we are fearful of losing it, not understanding that it will be replaced with something even better. Your miracle is never what you lost, it's what you have left. If you are down to your last meal, that's all you need. If you are down to two fish and five loaves of bread, that's all you need. God has created more capacity for you to pour out, improve upon, and increase what you have left. After all, if you needed what he took away from you, do you really believe the Lord would have sought to take it away? So if you really needed something, do you think God would take that away from you? If he knew you really needed it to survive? Of course not. God is your father. He is there to love you and nurture you and help you prosper into being your best self. He's not going to take away something that's going to benefit you, something that you vitally need. So whatever's been taken away in your life, you don't need it. And that might sound bad, might sound mean, especially when you're dealing with people, especially if you're dealing with death. You have a loved one that died saying that you don't need them. That's a harsh thing to say. But it might be true. They might have served their purpose. Their purpose might have been to do something differently. So... It's a tricky thing to understand. It's tricky to say that. Um, But he wouldn't take something away from you if you really, really needed it. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it with that. God has an expected end of your life. And the trip doesn't require the extra baggage of your last season's blessings. God is pruning your life to carry what you need for the next leg of the journey. The blessings of last season's harvest can be a trap and a graveyard for your future. That really caught me 
I, I really like that, but it really caught me is, you know, the season you're in now, you could be flourishing right now, flourishing. The next season that you're in, you could be, all that could be taken away. Now, it's all taken away because God is pruning you to have an even bigger harvest the next season. So if you carried the stuff from your first season into the second, into the third, you're not going to get the bigger harvest. You've got too much baggage. You've got too much shit to carry around. It's easy to roll over and submit to the lies that you'll never get up. You'll never get better and never see the blessings that God has in your life. That happens when we lose sight of the fact that God has promised that we would be pruned. Michael, so we're back to Michael here, in the beginning of the chapter comes back a year later full of joy. The loss of his job helped him into entrepreneurship and that's something that, and that's into an environment that he absolutely loves. So he's turning back and thinking about him losing his job, and that was the best thing that has ever happened to him. So if you if you remember, Michael was down on his luck. He was depressed. He was he came to TD Jakes for guidance, for wisdom, for some sort of something that he could say or do to help take the pain away. But T.D. Jakes didn't say anything. He didn't do anything. He let Michael be in the pain. So he was using tough love. And now Michael looking back on it saying that was the best thing that ever happened to him. Have confidence in God's ability to do the impossible and to surprise you with his joy, comfort you with his peace, and fulfill you with his purpose. Pruning is not a punishment. It is the biggest Excuse me, it is the beginning of the greatest season yet. And that is the end of the chapter, end of that section, end of the chapter. So the last two questions that I asked myself, the first one is, what are your thoughts on having extra baggage when you're going into your next season? You know, I kind of talked about it within talking about the section here is, if you're bringing extra baggage into the next season, you're you're carrying on to something that you think you can't do without whether it's your job your career a loved one the relationship you're in finances um, material possessions if you hold on to that when things in your life are trying to take it away you're you're rejecting the greater blessings you're rejecting the greater harvest you're rejecting something that's going to happen that's better for you okay it might be difficult to understand or wrap your mind around this concept but when you're being pruned when you're going through a season of regress and regret and just losing shit where you think life is no more you have nothing left God is stripping you of all of the blessings that you had in your current season so you can be bestowed on even greater blessings, even more stuff, even better life, even happier, more joyful life. I think I beat that horse to death. Okay, have you ever just rolled over and submitted in your life? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And honestly, I'm still doing it. 
Um, and by that, I'm talking about having a job. I know that being a success and a mindset coach is where I'm supposed to be. This is the value that I'm supposed to bring to the world. This is the impact that I have to benefit and have a positive impact on the world. I know that's where I'm supposed to be, but I have a job yet. I still have a career that I am working at on and trying to do both of those is really taxing. Um, so I'm, I'm submitting in my life in that respect because I know I'm supposed to be over here, but because of certain obligations, certain values that I have, I still have a job. So in the time being, I'm still submitting, I'm still rolling over, but I'm crawling. I'm crawling when I'm down trying to get and move up so I can get up, stand, run, and have a full-time career as a success guide, a, a mindset coach, a lifestyle coach. So I'm working on it, guys. I'm working on it. There will be a time where I'm not rolling over anymore. Trust me. So that is the chapter. I really had a lot of fun reading this chapter. It really brought a lot to my attention. So what's the central idea of this chapter? It's hard to understand that the bad things that are happening to you in your life are actually what will bring you towards greater abundance in your life, if you can learn through it. That you are not being buried, or that it is the end, that you are being pruned for something better. And that it is the end, but only because of a new, greater beginning of something more amazing. So yes, even though it's the end, of something, it's the end for a reason. So you can start something new, better, greater. Do the issues affect your life? They affect your life because if you change your perspective from being a victim, from thinking that bad things are happening to you and that life sucks, if you change that perspective into being a victor and thinking that these hard times are there to grow you, you will give your life a 180 degree turn into better, more prosperous direction. Now, what are the implications for the future? Are there long or short, short, short term goals? One day I'm going to get that. The short term consequences um, are people will think you are crazy. So the short term people will think you're crazy. Your friends will think you're crazy. Your circle of friends at this time will be used will be used, will be used to you being a victim. Wow. So your circle of friends at this time will be used to you being a victim. So when you change how you view things, they'll be against it. They'll possibly become confrontational about it because you're not being like they are. So now that makes them look bad. It's going to happen, trust me. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing. The long term, oh, I can't say this. The long term <laughs> consequences: you will have a whole new group of friends, you'll have a new outlook on life, and be in a completely different area in your life. So, long term, it's only going to be for the better. There's not going to be consequences. It's only going to be for the better if you can change your perspective on this issue. What solutions does the, does the author propose? Apparently, I'm talking too much. I'm stuttering over my words now. 
The solutions the author proposes are we are not in control of our life. All we can do is learn through and grow through what we go through. So that's one thing that I like to say is grow through what you go through. Pretty much saying that you are a seed being planted in a dark, dirty place. You need to grow through it. It's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. It's going to suck. But you need to do it. If you want to get to where you want to go in life, if you want to be more successful, if you want to have, even if it's material possessions, if you want to have a happier life, a more joyful, grateful, blessed, filled life, you need to go through some shit. You need to go through the dirt. You need to crawl on your belly on broken glass. All right, it's going to suck. It's going to hurt. But you need to do it. If you want better in your life, if you want to be better and you want a better life, you need to go through the shit. You need to go through pain to get what you want. Uh, talk about specific passages in the book. I, I mentioned a couple uh, in there. So if you want to hear them again, rewind. <laughs> what have you learned after the reading? Uh, so it has made me look back at my life and reevaluate what I went through and how I could have handled it, which has given me a greater insight in my future and how I could view future obstacles and have them work towards my benefit for the glory of God. So, yeah, it, it really it really helped me to look back on my life, how I went through things, how I chose the choices that I had and why I did. And then give me different perspectives on it. So obviously I can't change the past, but I can learn from it. And I can use that wisdom to make better choices in the future. To not put myself in certain situations that I don't want to be in. Or that aren't going to benefit me or the ones around me. So that's what I learned in this chapter. Chapter 4, which is pruning is not punishment. So that is the end of chapter 4. That is the end of the chapter which means we are closing on this video and i would like to thank you guys so much for watching the video uh, again for those on the suits and sandals show on the podcast thank you for listening i hope you guys got something out of this um again i'm trying to bring you guys value something that you can learn uh, and use in your daily life so if you have learned something if you would like to comment please comment on this please like it subscribe there's a button down there somewhere like subscribe uh please comment let me know what you think about what i'm doing here what you think about the book the chapter my insights if you just want to have a conversation go ahead and put it down there i'd love to talk to you guys and just see what your points of view are maybe you think differently on a different uh subject so Again, that is it. Thank you guys so much uh, for listening. I am John Scheringer. I have a success and mindset coaching. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook. You can go on my website, jonathanscheringer.com. All those links will be in the comments section. Uh, not in the comments, but the content section uh, down there. So please check me out if you want to talk, you want to learn, maybe you want to increase the bounty in your life have a more happy energetic fun loving blessed life hit me up guys i'd love to talk to you
So again, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to listen to me, to join me in this book. It is a phenomenal book. I absolutely love it. I hope you pick it up. Again, it's T.D. Jakes Crushing. He's got like 25 other books out there. This guy is just a madman with writing. All beautiful, amazing books. They are very well written. This guy is so smart. Love his work. So, T.D. Jakes Crushing. Go buy it. All right, guys. Love you. Take care.